I'm Ayla Skye. This is Daughter of Creation. Thanks for tuning in today for this Sunday sermon. I'm really feeling called to reinvigorate some of my own tradition, which comes out of the Christian church. And I've gotten very far from it um, in a lot of ways, and in a lot of ways it still holds me and it still captures me. And you'll hear a little bit about my story through Christianity and to yoga and fun twist in terms of that but the essence of this sermon is to be in service to you and to your spiritual life because I feel like this conversation may really relate and feel relevant to many of you who find yourself outside the traditional forms of religion perhaps the religion of your childhood perhaps not but what we dive into today is all about the feminine and masculine essences and as we all know the feminine uh, voice has really been left out of the way most of these patriarchal institutions and organizations have been formed. And there are so many of them that inform our lives and have formed and shaped us from our governments to our schools and churches and so many of these structures. And we really have an essential conversation about how to bring more feminine flow uh, into these old forms and what we're really being asked to do. And the essence of it is to create a third way where we integrate both. And this is a really relevant conversation because we're, we're talking about feminine and masculine within us all and, and balancing and giving voice to all of the parts of us. So this is where it kind of lands and I hope that you will bring yourself into the conversation and there's two ways for you to participate. We'd love for you to participate and, and that is through the leave a message function which I'll include in the show notes and that's a way for you to uh, contribute your own voice. We want this to be an interactive sermon, so please contribute that way. And then the sort of vulnerable share part of this is that I'm actually feeling called to start a church through this podcast or some sort of church movement that's emerging. And I would love your contribution with your money as part of your energy, as part of your stand that you may be taking for these ideas. If they feel relevant to you, if your heart calls you to this, I invite you to support this movement. There is also a link in the show notes for that contribution. Thank you so much for listening and participating by your very being. Lots of love to you on this Sunday morning. Rachel Bush, I'm so excited to be here with you. Rachel is dear old friend of mine back from college. Mm-hmm. And I was hiking with a friend this morning and telling her about how parallel our journey has actually been, even though yeah. we haven't lived in the same place since we were like 24, 25. Right. Yeah. We've both, um, we're working in communities, got called to seminary, went to seminary, got out of seminary. It wasn't quite the right fit for us to work in the traditional church. Yep. Saw the impact of healing and emotional healing and how that really needed to happen. And both got trained in emotional healing techniques. Both started our own center business for, for healing practices. And we have engaged in just such an interestingly parallel path. I can't imagine a better person to have this conversation with actually. So thank you for, for being with us. Um, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I'm yeah, glad to be here talking with you. Always, always glad to talk with you, regardless mm-hmm. of what it is. And you're entering a stage of having just had a child this month, last month. 
mm-hmm. and your second child. So that yeah. we do not have in common. And that is a whole right. new life phase of yours. So I appreciate you finding the space with your newborn to have this conversation. Sure. So I'm setting these up as what I'm calling sermons, which is interesting. That sort of feels more like a calling to call it this rather than something that I actually want to call it. But I feel part of it is reclaiming the voice of the feminine in this yeah. in this idea of church that has been here for the centuries, through the centuries, and that we've been part of and is part of our our own spiritual development and what we've been part of. But I feel like you being a mother and bringing that voice in is just part of an authentically feminine expression of what is, is being called for right now. Yeah. So I would, I would like for us to be able to say a little bit about what do we mean by a feminine voice? Like, what does that feel like? What does it look like in practical terms? What does that mean for the church? Because it's kind of in, you know, juxtaposed with what we're used to, which what, which is what just seems normally churchy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the masculine sort of tide that has, that has swept over at least American, you know, church and religion and worship, you know, all those things. So, yeah. So I'm interested in us being able to, you know, what, what do you see as the, um, how do those look, the masculine and the feminine, when it comes to church and church community? God, right? you asked that question and my whole body just like, I feel like this is the question of my life. I mean, this is the question I've been seeking to answer for, for my whole life. Hmm. And it's interesting, I'm attempting to answer it very authentically in my work right now. Um, at seminary, I was the moderator of the Women's Center and really, really had these conversations. And what occurred to me is we're both coming out of Christianity. And I imagine many of our listeners are not either not, not Christian themselves, not Christian anymore, or maybe come from a different background or maybe no religious background. So I, all of that, but I, I do believe in most, most religious context it's been dominated by men i mean that's been the only voice yeah Yeah, and so the leadership has been men and that is for for a lot of reasons that we don't need to get into which i'm sure everyone knows um so when women started being invited into the pulpit invited to be ministers in the 70s in our country they just assumed the role of men and and did did things the same way and disregarded, you know, not disregarded, but I think that's a stage of growth. And so basically women achieving some sort of invitation Mm -hmm. and then stepping into the masculine energy Mm -hmm. that already drove those systems. Yes. And not realizing it, Mm -hmm. just thinking that that was the only way to remain accepted or, Mm -hmm to be successful or whatever their goals were. And then this feminine energy is muted at best. Right. I think women were just grateful to be invited to the table. They were like, okay, finally, we got a seat. Okay. I'm not going to complain about this right now because here I am. And yeah, there's a process with that. And when we talk about feminine masculine, there is, there is an essential difference in, in the way that we do things. And so 
when I was a minister, I always found even the structure, the physical structure of the church seemed, seemed off to me. Like I didn't want to be standing in a pulpit above people. Cause what does that say? And, sure. and, and speaking down towards them as though I am standing right up with Christ as this hierarchical head of the church, you know? Right. It's a, um, it's a pattern of presiding. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you preside mm-hmm. over this mm-hmm. people, this group. Yes. Yes. And so I was sharing with you before I actually created a sermon for my podcast last week and I took it down immediately because it felt so in the line of that style that I was taught in seminary and have practiced from the pulpit. And that's when I invited you to have this conversation because it felt more organic. The conversational tone felt like an expression that felt authentic to me. This is how I have developed my theology is through conversation with friends and with people I love and people whose lives are being lived with integrity and truth and love mm-hmm. and compassion and the things that I respect about people. And I talk to them and that is how I have integrated and, and, and created theology. It, it's, it's, and that's been my way. So this feels like a much more authentic way to have a sermon. Yeah. Yeah. It's compelling. Mm. So <clears throat> I'm interested in wondering about what would it, or could it, because we just don't know, um, what would it seem like or look like if it was either a dominant feminine energy within our like faith life and faith community or even a balanced masculine feminine mm-hmm. energy? Um, what is that? I don't know. It seems to me that the expression that the people are invited into maybe the language, maybe the physical structures, Mm. maybe the patterns and parts of worship would be different, would really feel different. I would feel maybe is like the key (laughs) instead of just, you know, being emotion or, sorry, being a motion mm-hmm. <laughs> or, um, or a practice, the, the feminine feels more fluid than that, more soul, mm-hmm. I guess, than that, right? I agree. What do you think that looks like? Well, you know, there's been women church from, you know, decades ago, but it, most of the expressions that that women I have seen, I will just say I have seen, and I've done a pretty exhausted exploration of this. I gotta be honest, has been women taking full, full, fully taking on the model that exists and just changing roles or changing the leadership who's actually leading. And I actually think that we're getting at something very deep. And that is um, this relationship between flow and form. So yeah. that that's how masculine and feminine work together. Masculine is the form and feminine is the flow. And these are universal principles that are not related to actual like male and female, but more like the idea of yin and yang, right? Mm-hmm. So with our current, like most religious institutions and most 
churches, it starts with the form, right? The church building that holds, that holds the worship, the, the creeds, the outlines, yes. the theologies. The theology is a fo- as a form mm-hmm. in itself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The liturgy yeah. as a form. The liturgy, the yeah. movement of the people, which is exactly. And that is the form that, that creates the church. So you're starting with form and then allowing in the, like the breath of the Holy Spirit to move through that, let's say yeah. kind yeah. of the traditional way. I actually believe to, to, to bring it through in a feminine way is to start with the spirit. And that's what we've seen in some of the charismatic revival movements of the church is when you go into these big tent revivals where they are no longer in the churches, they're outside of the institution and they're like bringing through this, this fire of passion. Um, and there has been some of that, but always, you know, like with, when you think of like Billy Graham or like some of these other evangelical types, that's, they're sort of capturing some of what we're talking about. But I think to be authentically feminine in my call is to be authentically feminine and bringing that forward. And that means to, to really honor the, the, the soul and the spirit of God first and let the form, let the form follow. And I have like this sort of like visceral icky reaction when we talk about the evangelical charismatic. (laughs) right? And I am trying to sort out why that is, because if that's this really genuinely necessary feminine energy, or at least feminine way, then then I feel kind of like weird about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, those things that I've seen so far, well, first of all, are all male right. centered. Um, so that's maybe one reason that it seems dissonant to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really wonder if it's, if it is authentic. Hmm. I wonder if that the Billy Graham big tent revival version of like letting the spirit lead is actually authentic. I'd, it doesn't feel like a soul thing to me in mm-hmm. that format. Mm-hmm. It feels like an often like an ulterior motive or at least at, at the very least a mixed motive. But yeah. I'm really curious. Like what is a mo what is the most authentic version of what is of feminine energy of feminine leadership or even just of flow leadership and flow like faith communities where the flow is first. To me, it seems like it must be different mm-hmm. than the TV evangelist. Yes. Version. Yes. <laughs> right? It must be more earthy than the TV evangelist. Absolutely. <laughs> In a way, I'm like, oh, we should not have brought that into this conversation. (laughs) But I think that when we're using, especially when we're using that language, Mm -hmm. right? Like charismatic or Holy Spirit first Mm -hmm. or, you know, things like that. That language is totally out there, right? We've already heard, we hear that all the time. And it seems like we must distinguish what we're talking about from those things that we've heard and seen. Mm -hmm. And experience and experience, and experience. Were actually kind of harmful to the feminine in so many ways, but yes, it yes. feels like within the church structure, 
there was an they, there was an internal imbalance. So there was like this this force that created it, like went into flow, but still very much held within this container of the Christian institution. Yeah, and the um, masculine leadership. Yes, yes, all of it. It was just like an outlet for that energy that did need to express, that did need sure, to. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like the. For me to bring the feminine in, there's a couple of pieces. And one is the earth, it's nature and the body. I would say those go hand in hand, like understanding ourselves as deeply embodied beings who live on an actual planet and bringing bringing earth sustainability, the wisdom of nature and all of that stuff that is, that has been very scary to the Christian church, but that is authentically feminine to me. Um, because when I believe as a, I believe as a woman, I experience my world in concert in alignment with my body and with the earth. And when we talk theology and it's not aligned it starts to feel like just a mental exercise and an idea and that holds no holds no interest for me holds no inspiration holds no life for me anymore that is not and you know what that brings up for me or what it highlights for me is like is the the again maybe just american i don't know but concept of belief mm-hmm. so there's this like central belief structure mm-hmm. especially within christianity right there's just certain things that you don't see you don't experience you don't anything you know they're visible things you just mm-hmm. believe them and and it strikes me as right now that you're speaking about body and earth and flow that there's not a whole lot of place for this just abstract concept of belief, right? That feels like a, a mind structure. It feels like something that's not integrated, mm-hmm. like connected in all the ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I think through the history of church, as I've known it and traditional versions of things like that, it's like a central tenant. Mm-hmm. And so like automatically cut off. <laughs> yes. From, like imagine, imagine what would have happened if the central tenant had become connection to your body and the earth. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if that was like the central, most important, most sought after way to participate in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that almost seems ridiculous to even say mm-hmm. that. I know different from anything that any widespread pattern of Christianity that I've seen. Right. Right. Well, I love the word as you're speaking, the word connection really jumps out to me. Mm. Um, How different it is from belief. Yes. Yes. There's something there. Yes. Because belief systems can then be used to judge who's in, who's out. Yes. And they're not based on reality mm-hmm. or experience. Mm-hmm. They can, they can, they easily cannot be right. They can be so easily just abstract and therefore 
whoever's already in a power position mm-hmm. just decides mm-hmm. what it's going to be and then does the judging and the mm-hmm. yeah. separating and mm-hmm. the yeah. letting in or kicking out mm-hmm. of the people or the... So I think you're hitting on something, or I, I feel, I'll say, to use feeling instead of thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm very much experiencing what you're saying to be true, that we get to have embodied experiences through our feelings and through our relationships and through our connection, both within ourselves and with each other and with the earth. And there's, there's a whole new way forward uh, that is really not going to fit into the paradigm. It's not going to fit into, I mean, you and I both know, like there's no creed that's going to capture this and that is not going to be, um, exciting for anyone who's currently upholding the institutional church um, yeah. model. And very few people at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. there are, mm-hmm. I think there are some people who, who might operate. I'm, I'm one of those people, I think, right. Who mm-hmm. I can quite appreciatively operate in the traditional structure. Mm-hmm because one of my goals of of perceiving things is to make ample space for the flow and the feminine Mm -hmm. inside those structures and containers as well as like dancing about around them as well as being the force that pushes those structures and containers Mm -hmm. to different places whether Mm -hmm. they're comfortable or not you know Mm -hmm. those kinds of things so I think potentially you know what if there was a way that what we already have could be reformed (laughs) or re- reworked or could reappear mm-hmm. in a way that is authentically human and is moving and is connected has flow so you it's funny because you're part of the reformed church and you're talking to reform the reform like <laughs> we reform our reformed Re- reforming and reforming that's just the the template that they created when they called it the reformed church like we're gonna keep reforming um no I like I like the vision that you have of actually working within the church I tried that and it didn't work for me and I left the church you know and I think it's fine to to approach it whatever way feels comfortable and, and feels called it would be lovely if we were doing all of it you know and holding all but um for me like and offering these sermons and offering what I just truly feel called into. This is all about love for me and all about being authentically like offering my gifts. And I'm in a feminine body and in a feminine form. And I've chosen to use that as a dominant energy or one of the energies in my life. Although I use my masculine a lot as well as we all do. Right. Obvious, but, um, So that's why I like this podcast format. It feels very open and open for connection and everyone belongs and everyone can listen and everyone is, um, is here and you can leave a comment on the sermon through, there's like a voice, a voice message you can leave. And there's something that feels really beautiful about the free flowingness of a format like this, because 
you look around our whole country and like how many churches are in your city? You know, I, probably 25 in my very small town. Oh my goodness. We have hundreds. Yes. Hundreds in my small, tiny, small city. Yes. And how much land is that, you, um, is that taking? And how much, like they, they use those church buildings for an hour a week. And yeah, our whole system is holding up all of this space and all of these structures for this, what feels to me like a, a very uh, institution that has really lost its center in terms of love. And not always, there's some amazing things happening. Sure, sure, sure. But I just feel like this format is allowing us to capture um, a flow in a way that us not gathering physically in a space not that we cannot do that, but that this is what's coming first. Um, yeah. How does yeah. that land with you? I, man, I'm in a, I'm in a faith community that is very in the minority. Hmm. So for me to say something like, I think we can do these two together mm-hmm. is much easier than the person in the, church down the street Mm -hmm. where it would feel like these two things can't even exist together. Mm -hmm. Like they're exclusive. It Mm -hmm. would feel like to probably the majority of our traditional faith community. Right. You start saying nature and they start being like pagan, Yep. you know, and no, you know, heretical and like end of conversation. Yeah. So I'm really aware that my personal spot allows it to be easy for me to see these two things operate together. But I am like, I'm also sympathetic and kind of can also see this line of thinking where we really just need like an all out collapse Mm -hmm. (laughs) of the old traditional version because we just cannot Mm -hmm. do together this thing that we need whatever the spirit soul work is that is coming or that is necessary um that we are deprived without um cannot coexist mm-hmm. with the masculine the old forms our structures mm-hmm. that are just like um they're just intrinsic it feels mm-hmm. like to mm-hmm. to the structures we have yeah so I can, I really, I'm sympathetic to that, to that notion too, that like, maybe we just cannot do these two things together. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about the beginning and I, I, what we talked about before we went on, on air was yeah. the beauty of the third way. And Rachel was saying that in all of her life, she's really being called to the third way. And I, I don't have a desire to start anything that's going to like, just, flip the balance so that it's like feminine power and you like it feels like there is this third way of integration the third way of holding both that I'm actually more interested in yes yeah and I and so I wonder some of those things that I wonder are how what method do we use to have both in our life Mm -hmm. right and how are we does it, does it require us to be okay holding the things that are different from each other in the mm-hmm. same place at the same time? Yes, it does. Loving them both? <laughs> yes, answer. Mm-hmm. Um, um, thinking and feeling, you know, beliefs yeah. and emotions. 
yeah. masculine, feminine, both ways. It does. It's going to take us holding both the and, same place at the same time and yeah. not, not getting all into judgment. I mean, I feel like that's what it's inviting us to step out of judgment into truly just loving and, and yeah. embracing. Yeah. And being able to, um, to let the scale of this form and flow of this masculine feminine, um, like constantly move without our control and without our motives, right. Mm -hmm. To like let it tip back and forth all the time, move gracefully between form and flow and, and live in either of those places for as long as is appropriate and then be willing immediately to move again. Yes. When necessary. That is it. But I want to end with this idea, which may have been a better intro, but here we are. Um, What is the church? You know, we're talking about the church and like, I feel like I'm starting a church and like, what, why are we calling it that? And what does that even mean to you? I want to, I want to hear what it means to you. Outside of all of the four the the forms that we know it, what is the essence of it? To me, that seems like a really risky question. Hmm. I'm I'm steeped in my tradition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up in the tradition that I'm in. I saw no value in it as I was growing up, and got won over by the spirit and the soul that I mm-hmm. discovered within that tradition, which mm-hmm. is hidden almost all the time. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so the question seems a little risky because I'm afraid that the answer might be um, that the church is just simply our current human construct of how we should function, how we should be. Mm. I think in this conversation, when we say the church, we're talking about the structures, Mm. the physical structures and the gathering structures Mm. that we have. And all of the things that go into that and the work that goes into that and the energy that goes into it and the goals that it's supposed to meet and all of these things. Um, when I think about what is church, I, it, I, it just doesn't seem like a very Christ-ish concept. Hmm. And I know that there's a mandate, right? What, what a great word, right? We say, oh, that, yay. that sounds exciting, <laughs> you know, build churches and make disciples and all of these things, right? Which is what we have used as our instruction to make the system that we have mm-hmm. we aware that we, that we've gathered these sort of like scriptural mandates and we say, so we therefore have to mm-hmm. have a building and a gathering time and a work of the people and, uh, you know, these kind of things. Um, but none of it strikes me ultimately as very like Christ ish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so I think the question is open for answer. I really do. I think it's, I think it's most appropriate for the question to be open for answer. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like a, like a secret that, what we have has failed us in yeah. a lot of ways. Certain people specifically, lots and lots of people on the margins or people in the minority, 
anybody who doesn't fit the mold has had a struggle. Mm -hmm. Even the most mainstream of us, even the, especially the most mainstream of us, maybe the white males who come up in the church, Mm -hmm. for instance, Mm -hmm. um, have been failed miserably by the systems that we've chosen. Right. Mm -hmm. We've not been served by it. It has not, it has not brought us collectively into freedom or love. Or love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just hasn't really, it hasn't taken us there. So I don't think that's a secret. Mm-hmm. So therefore we must say what we thought the church was or was supposed to be needs to be reexamined. That's where my fear comes in. Right? My fear comes in that the answer to the question might be, well, we just don't need it. Mm. we just don't need the form we don't need the tradition we don't need the structure Um, let me me share a story with you because in this sense we have had opposite experiences because you have stayed in the church and I have left sure I had a I'll share this I had a I twice in my life have had a visitation from Christ And I'm saying that with a spurt because I know it sounds weird. The first time was when I um, converted to Christianity when I was 15. I had a very powerful experience of meeting Christ through reading the Beatitudes. And I cried for three days and I saw angels and the whole light world lit up as golden. And I knew it was real. I knew it was true. And that was a powerful experience that set me up for the first whole chapter of my life. And, and, and that, that is still, of course, with me, that experience. The second time that I met Christ was... long after I left the church, it was about two years ago, living in California. And it was on Easter of all days. I was way outside of like thinking about anything about church, Christ, religion, but Christ came to me on Easter in sort of a spiritual form. And he said, work with me. I am the spirit of this age. And what I sensed was that what has been created on our planet was very very influenced by this idea of the church that we're talking about, by what has happened, but it has seeded a lot too. And there's a lot of energy invested in all of these places that are holding space. And why not use this energy that Christ has already planted around the earth and shift it. And I got the sense there was going to be a lot of power. I'm just getting chills talking about it and shifting um, and working with that energy rather than, dropping it and starting anew. So that was the message I took and I had no clue really what that meant at the time, but yeah. So you're saying we don't have to throw it all out. Mm-hmm. That was, that was the feeling I got. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I can, I can, I can happily get on board. And this is part of partially my personality. Mm-hmm. I can happily get on board with let's make this into something that does serve us, mm-hmm. right? Let's, let's let it get redeemed. Mm-hmm. Let's let it get re rearranged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like let's rearrange the pieces that we have to be something that we recognize and that draws us into connection and depth and like the fullness of life instead mm-hmm. of the, just the form of life. Yeah. You know, form of faith. Well, I, I, I see a big integration. Like I, I see how much Western, let's call it Western civilization, which is based mostly on the Greeks and the Christians, right? These two influences of democracy and then the church. 
um, well, let's just, let's just take, call it Western civilization and everything that it has mapped out on our planet, bad, good, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just like we were talking about the integration that the third way between the mind and the body at the heart center. I actually feel perhaps what, what, what it means to use the spirit of the ages to integrate with the East. You know, the East has so much of this flow that we're talking about of the yogas and the, and just, just these other, like why, because I see so many people come out of, which is what I did come out of the church, go right into yoga and the East. And then we're sort of abandoning this whole, this whole, our whole history, History. our ancestors. Yes. Yes. And And that's the part that feels, um, it feels like we're doing a disservice to, to really just abandon. Mm -hmm. I don't have trouble abandoning, you know, the programs in Mm -hmm. the American church. I don't have trouble abandoning the building of the American church, Mm -hmm. but there's something deep about our history and the, the notions and the efforts and the energy of our ancestors that I don't think in any situation we ever are supposed to just get rid of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I think it's always a disservice to just wipe that out and say, we're not doing, we're not participating in the ways that you participated. Right. Right. And there's a lot of talk right now about cultural appropriation. Don't culturally appropriate. But I think that a lot of us have moved to these other cultures because we're not finding it in our own culture and we're not being asked to actually abandon our culture either, but it's an integration. Like, please, please. I need the pieces that aren't here. You know, like yeah. that's how I felt. Yeah. We have to move. A good notion for us to start with is how do we be Western people um, knowing and accepting how much is missing and being willing to to welcome that from the East, maybe as a place to start, (laughs) you know, where we don't have to reinvent the wheel. (laughs) We just have to allow ourselves to be open and to like learn and be taught by things that are different. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's, it's recognizing that there's probably some atonements for the church, you know, for us, this is a whole, a whole like global thing. Yeah. Uh, and really rectifying some of the ideas that we have spread throughout the world that have hurt others, but also recognizing the beauty of our ancestors and what we have, we have created and, and doing that with, yeah. with everyone. And it feels like a very sensitive, I, I feel the sensitivity of even talking about this. And I also feel like this is the uncharted waters that we are being called into. Yeah. And it feels like a joining mm-hmm. rather like a joining with others, <laughs> with different ways, with other ways of seeing and being rather than assuming that we can create something ourselves out of thin air. Mm-hmm. That's the best way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, or re- instead, also instead of like abandoning Mm-hmm. whatever it was that we came mm-hmm. from like, joining mm-hmm. in with some other things that are already part of like full life and humanity that knows love and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, this is feels so juicy. It's just like a really good conversation. And um, my hope is that our, our listeners have been able to come along with us. I feel like there's so many, especially women in the church right now who really want this conversation mm-hmm. and that that's who I'm hoping, you know, I hope that this is, this is meeting people and I really want to hear back. Yeah. I would love to hear people say how they experience the masculine energies versus the feminine energy, mm-hmm. how they feel the feminine energy in themselves, especially if they're like church types mm-hmm. and whether I know. welcome or mm-hmm. how they have lived with that energy within the church structures. You know, I would love yeah. to hear people say yeah, what it's been like for them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to have that link in the show notes for everyone on the podcasting platform for you to chime in because we want to hear from you. This is our interactive sermon. We're attempting yeah. to make it interactive. Yeah. Um, sermon was slow. Very experimental over here, but it feels good. Uh, thanks for having this conversation, Rach. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. As always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as always. <laughs> yes. Um, I love you. Yeah. Love you too. Mm-hmm. This is Ayla Sky with Daughter of Creation. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is a movement that we're creating, and we'd love for you to be part of it. So, as I mentioned, you can check out the show mo- notes to leave us a message, and we'd love to include your voice as part of this forum. So, tell us what you think. Don't be nervous, don't be shy. Your voice matters as all of our voices do. So we'd love to hear from you. There's a chance that we'll even play it on the next episode. Uh, So leave your number and we'll call you back. And we'd love to have a little bit of a dialogue and discussion if you'd like to. Also go to daughterofcreation.com and that is where you can sign up to be part of our community with your email. We also have links to donate if you're feeling called to be part of this movement and add your energy, add your money, take a stand with us for creating content like this. It's very much deeply appreciated by me to show, to have this kind of support. So if you feel called to donate financially, if your heart's really calling for that form of generosity, I welcome it and I invite it at daughterofcreation.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Happy Sunday.